Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the, uh, well, I guess, official second preseason mm. episode of Supercoach Edge, even though it's technically the third because we split the first into two parts just because it was so long. But this episode, we'll be talking about all things defense as I welcome in you, Liam, my trusty co-host. How goes it? Yeah, thanks, Damon. Yeah, third episode, I feel like. It's yep. weird. It was a weird one. I was reading the run sheet and I was like, I don't know which one, what we should be saying here. But I'm excited. It, I'm it excited felt like the last episode was uh, was almost like a, an all nighter. Like it, yeah. I think we recorded. It was uh, it was like one by o'clock. The time we I finished, think. yeah, one o'clock. It was uh, it was a marathon, and uh, you could probably tell um, if you tuned in uh, for those episodes that our brains were running on empty. We were stumbling, and uh, you were yawning at one stage as yeah, well, I think which that is was quite a good funny. Yawn. Yep, good yawn at the yawn. end as well. So it was uh, it was well timed. <laughs> good, yeah. good way to end it. <laughs> Put a Whoops. bow on it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> No yawning tonight. I'm no, that's it. Well rested, well rested. If you're tuning in for the first time, obviously welcome. But you can find us across your social channels uh, via Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge, David at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on Supercoach Edge um, if you search that. And on YouTube, you can uh, yeah subscribe. Um, and get the full experience, not just not just the audio, but uh, exactly. to, get to hear and see us um, and the stunning visuals that uh, Damon has put together. Gosh, thank you. Thank you. Just trying to up our game and, and go to the next level, you know, as they say, you know, the start of a preseason, we're burning up the track. We're, uh, we've come back in the <laughs> in, uh, best, best shape that we've ever been in, in our third season of Supercoach. Um, so now ready and roaring to go. Now, uh, Last episode, of course, which is broken into the two parts, we did analyze the midfield. So if you are tuning in and you missed those two parts, the technically the first episode, first and second, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, feel free to jump back and uh, and mm. listen to that podcast or alternatively uh, check it out on YouTube, as you mentioned, um, because that episode was, was a massive one, like we uh, alluded to. We discussed a whopping 34 players and we'll be doing likewise for the defense, uh, and breaking it down player by player. I think we've got about 25 players, so not as much. Um, so hopefully uh, you're not yawning by the end like uh, both of us were <laughs> by the end of the record. So um, we're going to be looking at which of the primos, in this case in defense, mm. present the most value, who presents the most upside, which mid-prices could be on the cusp of breakout year potentially, and which rookies are you know, we keeping an eye on before we see any exposed form in the preseason. Of course, We've got our, uh, our Supercoach Edge patented crystal ball, which, which we'll be delving into and looking deeply into. But mm. uh, there's only so much that we can predict be- with, before we see any uh, exposed form. But um, all that and more. So uh, what do you say, Liam? Let's jump into it. 
Let's go. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can, I'll rate it and we'll do it live. All righty, Liam, you can kick us off with the, yes. uh, the highest rated player in terms of, I guess, average and, uh, and price from last year. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, Jack Sinclair. I remember bringing him in. It was, it was fun when you brought him in because he uh, just absolutely killed it. Yeah. Uh, 626.2K. Uh, let's be honest, at that price for a, for a defender, probably not much value there in terms of, uh, you know, you're not getting very cheap. He's obviously potentially slightly overs. Um, in 2021, he did have an 86.3 average and obviously a combined average of 100 over the past two years. If we discount the 20 season when he wasn't, uh, when he hadn't really broken out or settled into that rebounding role um, at that stage. Uh, obviously, going to have some questions of him now that uh, he's got a new coach in the form of Ross Lyon. And the question is going to be what, what does the game, how does the game plan change for St. Kilda? Does it change? Does it not change? Uh, you'd expect it would. Um, but does he, does he, does this affect uh, Sinclair's role? Um, will he be more accountable, playing less of that rebound, loose play role that really helped his scoring? I think that's the concern that I think I have, especially when you're paying up that much for him. So he isn't in my side. I've, I've, I have bypassed him based off that really. On the other hand, though, there is a big upside. And that is that he did turn up in 19 of 2020 of 22 games in 22 among the best of any player really across any line, but it was yeah. a really good run. Um, but only five of those games, he, he, he might've turned up quite a consistent, probably floor there, but not mm. necessarily the really strong ceiling, ceiling that you probably want. Cause then he had about five games where he went above 120 um, and 15 were 110. So it is still a decent sort of ceiling for a defender, especially, but, um, you obviously would love to see more 120 plus scores. Um, the only obviously dipped below 81. So yeah, very nice floor there with him. Uh, his buy does come in round 12, which is the first buy. So you could potentially look to hold, hold off starting him and, and just sort of let him, let him, let him simmer a little bit, let him cook. Um, <laughs> Good tasty uh, chook. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Jack Sinclair in the oven rotating slowly. His body temperature has risen to over 400 degrees. He's literally stewing in his own juices. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> drop some, drop, drop down in price. Um, and then, yes, pick him up a little cheaper, a uh, little bit of a discount there. Uh, yeah. So I guess that that's sort of my, would be my plan. I'd consider him, but I think he's sort of on a, I'd really want to see something in the preseason that says get him. But even then I'd probably going to hold off and look to pick him up later on in the season. Um, once we get a bit more of an understanding of of what St Kilda's game plan is and and how how that affects his scoring, yeah, I, I totally agree there. Um, you, you've touched on uh, the major points there in terms of having that that super high floor. Um, you know, dipping only once below eighty is crazy. Yeah, it's um, massive. And at least you know, like if you're paying that price, that maximum price, you're getting that security that comes with it. So the, that's that's the major positive that, to take out of it, but. Uh, I think I'm very much the same. I'm I'm willing to go for a little bit more value at this stage, uh, at the start of the year. Um, let him drop, let him cook, as you said. Um, you know, just let him baste in his own juices potentially, <laughs> um, and then you can go uh, and start picking at him. And uh, yeah, having yourself a nice little uh, 
juicy meal. Now I'm getting hungry, even though I've just eaten. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, opt to wait as well yeah. when it comes to Jackie Sinclair. Uh, next up, we have James Sicily, the Sicilian. He's not Sicilian, but we'll call him Sicilian. Uh, he's priced at 624.7K. In terms of value, uh, I would say he's probably on par for value. Uh, he's got a combined average over the past two years of 108.2, discounting, of course, that ACL year that he had. Um, in terms of his buy, he's got the round 14 buy, which mm. is the third buy. A little bit awkward, but... Um, yeah, it's probably more reason to, to start with him potentially if you're looking at someone around about this mark. In terms of queries and upside, um, you know, the main query I think, which is consistent over the past few years, is will his role stay the same? Um, it's probably because of the fact that we're scarred. Or those of us who owned him from right. seasons ago when he was pushed forward by Clarko yeah. uh, and marooned forward and, and really put a dent in his scoring ceiling, you know, is he going to be sent forward at times by Sam Mitchell? Not too sure that he will. I don't think there was really any occasion in 2022 uh, where he was marooned forward. Um, so, yeah, probably more so in terms of the role is will his intercept points be sapped with the development of, of uh, Will Day and uh, Granger Barras um, is probably the main query with mine. Um, but that's probably just a wait and see. Like, you don't know until the season proper starts. Maybe have a look at that yeah. over the preseason. In terms of the verdict for me, uh, you know, there's no doubt he's a reliable primo. Had a career best average of 113.5 in 2022, which, you know, perhaps that's his ceiling. And, you know, given that, it might be hard to replicate that, similar to what we were discussing with, with Paddy Cripps. There's that. And then there's the fact that his average in 2020 was 102.9. So there's a 11-point average differential there, like, was it an out-of-the-box season? Is he going to regress now to that mean, um, like we we speak about at times, close to that 102.9 mark? Um, but I think nonetheless, he's still one to strongly consider. Mm. Um, he's that price for a reason, um, and he's super reliable. He, he was someone that I brought in. I wanted to start uh, last year and couldn't fit him into my side, and I was kind of kicking myself because I ended up bringing him in. I think with the first upgrade, I brought him in. So, yeah, he's, he's someone that provides a bit of security at that price. Yeah, I agree. I'm I don't have him in my side currently, but he's one I am trying to potentially shuffle around to get in um if I can. Um it's just sort of it depends on who he's at the expense of. Cause I think there's some other yeah. guys that we're gonna talk about shortly who I think probably offer a better option. Um More which value. is nice. Um better value, probably with a similar potential for scoring. So that's that's the hard part. I'm not too worried about his role. I think his role will stay the same. Um, but I do think you probably, as you said, you're looking at a career best average of 113.5. Does he increase on that? Ugh, it's hard to say. I, I, I probably wouldn't expect him to. Um, the only thing, and this is purely speculative, that I do want to, like that makes me think about him, is with, I guess, the Hawks have had a bit of a clean out in their midfield. Does the yeah. ball spend more time in defense um, as a result for the Hawks? Um, so is there more more opportunity for for scoring for for Sicily? Um, I don't know. There's just yep. sort of food Fair for point. thought, something to consider. Um, but let's move on to Tom Stewart from from the Cats, priming it at a price of 604k on the dot. Uh, he is massive value. I want to say a great upside. Yeah. Uh, he averaged 109.7 in 
2022, um, but discounting his concussion game where he scored 39 against the Dogs, his true average is probably closer to 114 mm. and thus should actually be priced alongside Sinclair and Sicily, um, who are obviously about 20, what, 20, yeah, 20K more expensive. So great bargain. Comes in with a 20 to 25K discount with that in mind. Um, he has the round 13 buy, uh, which is second buy, which is only shared with the Sun, so will be great cover for the other weeks. Uh, another little positive there, another little plus for Tommy Stewart. Um, he absolutely smashes it consistency-wise as well. Great yeah. in rebounding intercept role. He did have a few. He had a game where he got tagged off memory um, yep. last year and probably was one of his poorer scores, but overall has a really, really good ceiling. Um, and a pretty high floor as well. Um, and especially goes to another level with those home games at GMHBA Stadium. Overall, he's in my side. Um, he is, yeah, my D1 at this stage. And I think I've foregone others um, for him because he does present that that bit of value. Very reliable. Um, I didn't have him, I don't think, at all last year. So mm. absolutely struggled to try and get him, especially after those big scores because he does have that big ceiling, 161, 174, 187 last year. Um, yeah. Lock and load, lock and load. Yeah, spot on. And uh, I spotted as well our uh, our good friends at Supercoach Insider. They put out a nice little stat, which we'll borrow here. So thank you to the crew there. They actually went through and collated his, uh, his average uh, at the MCG and GMHBA. And at the G last year, he averaged a 124.25 and GMHBA was 124.8. Uh, which is just massive. And the first 11 rounds, so he plays five games at the MCG, two at GMHBA, so that's seven uh, grounds that he absolutely smashes. And then the other four uh, other games at obviously other grounds, one at Marvel um, and plays uh, West Coast at uh, Adelaide Oval and Interstate as well. So I think in terms of what's that, so well over, um, you know, uh, over half of these first 11 games he's in a nice real spot to score well at grounds that he uh, dominates at so um for me yeah i'll be starting with him uh he's a lock and load for me uh there's there's no way i can't start him i didn't start with him last year and wish that i did and i scrambled so hard to try and get him in and it was so hard as well because every time every time i tried to get him in he actually like came through with those massive scores like the 161 the 174 the 187 so i was chasing my tail a bit there but uh not this time I'm getting you. I'm starting with you, Stewie. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the next prospect. And uh, it is Sam Doherty, priced at 603.6K. Interesting prospect with Mm. Dockers. Um, When I was looking through his stats and uncovered a little bit of something with regards to his role, uh, more so than just looking at his his raw data and scores. So in terms of value, slight overs when you take into into account he's priced at an average of 109.6 despite averaging 99.9 over the past three years um so that's a you know 10 point uh, almost 10 point uh, average differential there uh on last year compared to his rolling three-year average that uh that we're formulating here but his 2022 form is impressive mm-hmm. once you factor in that he's battling sard and williams for points in that sort of equivalent rebounder role yeah in terms of the buy uh, he's got the round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. So, yeah, you could probably start him with a bit of confidence there and um, not worry about having to cover him due to that. Uh, in terms of his queries and upside, so whilst he may be slightly overpriced, there's obviously no doubting his reliability. 
because he tunned up in 14 of 22 games. And the most surprising thing here, that which I was alluding to from the uh, from the top, is that he, he surprised with 75% and 88% CBAs mm. in round 22 and 23, where he scored a 121 and a 138 among his highest scores of the year. And I was thinking about it. Obviously, Walsh is going to be out for at least a minimum four games of the season. Could he be given midfield minutes again? Yeah. So it makes you wonder. Um, so that's probably something to look at over the course of the preseason. If he gets a few more minutes in there, gets rotations through there, it really does elevate his ceiling because he's not obviously having to battle for points in defense alongside Sardin yeah. Williams. So that for me, almost, I'm not going to whack a, a must-start label on him as yet, but if that looks to be sort of the case that he's getting more midfield minute, minutes, I will strongly consider him. Strongly consider him. I think potentially taking the spot of of Dawson, who who is uh, one of my two starting yeah. primos in defence at the moment, with with Stewart. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Any anything to add? No, you've swayed me slightly to him. I didn't really consider him. I thought at his price, probably slightly high. Um, yeah. Not really value. Not not really the value there that I want at this stage of the season. That being said, I think. If he can get a couple of good scores in the first few rounds, if he can play that mid role, and if we can see in that in the um in the preseason, I might might move him around, might bring him in. Yeah, um, it could be a pod. Very yeah, a bit of a pod there. I reckon. Got to keep him quiet. Not let anyone else know. Yeah, um, no one's no one's tuning into this podcast no, anyway, so that's not. all good. Just no. keep it between you and me. Dan. We're not recording at all. Actually, um, this is just a demo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. We'll and, keep it a and I think I think you're right. I think that's something that I'm going to have to consider now. But I'm not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate for him just yet. No, I'd want to, I'd want to see, I'd want to see the the preseason. So it's more of a watch. I want to say, and he probably comes in as you said as a bit of a. If if I would bring him in, it would be at the expense of this next guy, and that is Jordan Dawson. He's sitting in my side, six hundred three point one k, probably on par in terms of price expectations from last year, um, and even with his sort of scores um, of late, uh, discounting his 2020 season when he wasn't yet in that rebounding defensive role at the Swans. He's averaged 105.3 in the past two seasons, which probably gets him around that 603 uh, K mark. Anyway, he does have the round 14 buy, which is the third buy um, and was tagged at times late in the year in 2022, which we saw, um, which did impact his ability for the easy points that he was getting at times. Uh, he turned up in that. 13 of 2020. <laughs> He turned up in 13 of 2022 games in 2022, underlining his reliability as a defensive primo. But I think the most impressive factor is that he has that high floor, um, having dipped below 80 just once, which is on par with Sinclair. And when you consider that, you've got Dawson, who was able to you know rack up those easy points, didn't drop below 80, and he's coming at, what, a 20... Yeah, 20K, 23K discount on... Sinclair with relatively similar output when you think about it, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, more so as the floor, I guess. So you're going to get that security and that's what you want in a primo, um, especially as a defender, you want that high floor. Um, and he does come at a 20K discount, as we said, or 23K. I have questions over whether he'll elevate his scoring ceiling even more. Like, mm. I feel like you're, he's going to have to take another step, um, but it could be good. So it could be a good sl- slight bargain. I'd, 
I've got him in my side at this stage. Um, probably fighting out with Doherty now at this stage. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Dawson. Yep. No, you've you've hit on all the right points there, and and that's that's the reason why he's currently in my side. Um, didn't start with him last year. I uh, was a bit weary about him, um, yeah. but yeah, came good and, and showed a lot of consistency there and in that role at the Crows. So no real competition. Um, yeah, I think for me at the moment it's a lock and load, um, pending any any disasters. Uh, moving on to the next guy, and it is Bailey Dale, priced at five six one point one k. In terms of value, he's probably on par with price expectations and no real value there. Uh, for his buy, is around fifteen buy, which is of course the fourth one. In terms of his queries and upside, so he did take his game to another level in 2022, lifting his 2021 average from 95.2 to 101.9, Fox FM. Uh, He scored over 100 in 13 of 22 games, but uh, as was the case in both seasons, and we spoke about this uh, during the season uh, as well, uh, was the fact that um, his ceiling is is rather limited and he scored above 120 just twice in 22 games in 2022 and uh, only three times prior to that in 2021. So the verdict for me is unless he can up that scoring ceiling, I don't think he's worth the investment. Uh, He's got sort of cap potential given that. Um, I mean, the upside is there. Uh, There is a chance that he could elevate his ceiling. But for me, he's always going to be battling the likes of Caleb Daniel for easy rebound points. I think he did wrestle... Uh, back the um, the lion's share, as we like to refer to it as, in terms of kick-in. So uh, that did elevate his ceiling and it probably speaks to that um, the 101.9 average that he had compared to the 95.2. But apart from that, uh, there's there's nothing sexy about him, to use yeah. that uh, that term. He's not he's not doing anything to me. He's not he's not sexy enough. So I'm looking the other way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting thing as well because I agree, Bailey Dale. Isn't I'm not considering him, but when you look at his, I guess, stats compared to from last year versus Dawson, who comes in, you know, almost 40k more expensive or over 40k more expensive, mm. they turned up in the exact same number of games. They both turned up in 13 games. So it's it's an interesting thing. You're almost getting a discount. I do think his issue is um that lack of a ceiling. You're getting a nice floor, but you're not really getting someone who's going to necessarily win you a head-to-head. So looking at, sorry, just quickly looking at Dawson's numbers from last year, he scored over 121, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight times. Um, yep. Over 120. And then uh, one, two, three, four, five, six times over 130. And then three times over 140, which is not Jeez. what you're going to get from Dale. So no. I think that's where you're getting, it's, it's, it's in a sense, it's why it's, it's the funny thing. It's like how we're saying, uh, you almost want to not pay the 20 extra K for Sinclair and go with Dawson, yep. but you do want to pay the extra 40 K despite the fact that they turned up in the same amount of games because you're getting a bit of a higher ceiling between yep. Dale and Dawson. So that's where I think that's the difference in that sense. Yeah. I don't think Dale's you're not getting value with Dale. Um, you're getting consistent, like you are getting consistency and you're getting consistency with Dawson, but you're getting also a higher sort of a higher uh, ceiling as well. Yep. Ah, oh, spot on, and that's that's the thing as well, isn't it? When it comes to <clears throat> paying the extra bit of bit of cash, it helps you in week to week as well. Mm-hmm. If, if you're playing for leagues, um, if you've got someone with a higher ceiling, obviously it gives you a greater chance to win your week week to week head to head matches. Um, so that also helps as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, 
that's that. Who else we got, Liam? Yeah, we've got uh, from from the D's, Angus Brayshaw, 550.3K. And if you take into consideration his three-year average, combining for just 82.6, he's very massively overpriced. Uh, But you've got to look at his, I guess, season last year. Um, He's priced at about 100 average. Um, But we could probably pin down his lower combined three-year average due to just the fact that he's played so many roles over oh, the journey. Yeah. And I think he's finally settled down into that, uh, hopefully for his sake, settled down into that uh, backline sort of role, I guess playing in midfield as well. Yeah. Uh, he was swung from his defensive super coach pig role into the midfield when he played the last six games, uh, which was predominantly giving him time in the engine room for the D's, but he still managed to up his average from 98 to 105 over those six games in isolation. So there's no real, f- I don't think there's a big fear that he's not going to, that, that that really affects his his scoring. He could be a bit of a pod. Um, I'm not considering it to be perfectly honest. The value is okay um, with 2022 viewed in isolation as a breakout year um, in terms of super coach, but probably is priced at overs when you look at his longer term average. You could consider him as a cost saver, but I don't think he'd be at the top of the list. I can't see him breaking into the top sort of six defenders um, at this stage especially when you're looking at players like Stewart, Sicily, mm. Sinclair, um, and even Dawson to an extent, um, and potentially Doherty. I think they're, it's it's worth paying up in this case. I think you're better off. And there's potentially even better value at lesser price as well and probably potentially better scoring output. Mm. So he is at this stage a no for me. Yep. No, I totally agree on all counts there. And then there's you've got to factor in as well, like guys that didn't play full seasons as well that could potentially, if he is swung to, you know, play that rebounding role, um, there's Salem there as well for the Ds. In terms of that role and the fact that he swung around as well does does really uh, play with his, his consistency from week yeah. to week. Um, and, yeah, would prefer to pay up for a bit of security in the likes of Stuart, you know, Doc, Dawson, all those guys, uh, 100%. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, and it is Aaron Hall, this dreaded player. Um, yeah, he's priced at 538.6K, and I know he's going to rope some people in. He's, he's a bit of a trap at times. He always does. Yeah, um, but yeah, you could potentially see it. And uh, in terms of value, so he does come at a 30, 34K discount on his starting price in 2022, but, uh, of course, for good reason. Uh, buy, he does have the round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. Mm-hmm. Career is an upside, so what's it to say? It's pretty self-explanatory. Injury, injury, injury. The bloke has that like plastered across his forehead um, <laughs> as a tattoo, Dusty style. Um, actually, Dusty doesn't have a forehead, have a tattoo on his forehead, but he, but he could. This this guy probably could. Um, he, he literally has the durability of one ply toilet paper, I reckon. Yeah. Like it's just one of those one of those things where you know you haven't got that security. Um, and, uh, any moment your, your finger's going to go through the, uh, through the one ply toilet paper and, uh, end in uh, disaster. So the white, why is the toilet paper only half apply? Well, I'm sorry. Is that not good enough for your anus? Don't get me started on how coddled the modern anus is. There's that. And then the fact that, uh, yeah, Clarko is his new coach. You know, is there the guarantee that he's going to keep that seagull role? Uh, does Clarko potentially earmark him for a different role? Who knows? It's probably something to have a look at over the course of the preseason in itself. Uh, but for me, he's just not worth the risk at the price point. Uh, if he was cheaper, I'm talking like about a 400K, probably even so, maybe a little bit too much, but I might be tempted if he was a bit cheaper. 
However, the risk to reward is huge um, and just just way out of reach, I think. Um, although having said that, if you're one for taking, you know, likes to live dangerously, as Austin Powers says, um, he could be a bit of a pod for you um, and could be a nice little sort of leg up on the rest of the competition at the expense of, you know, um, your own sanity and uh, taking a big risk. Um he is a proven scorer, however, so he's, he does have you know, a history of a big ceiling and big floor, given he averaged 105 in 20 games in 2021 or 114 in 18 games, discounting the two injury-affected games. I think he got knocked down in one and went off injured in the other. Uh, and 16 of those games were 100-plus scores uh, and only one score was below 80, again, discounting two injury-affected games. But must say, if you are going to select him, don't come crying to us if it ends in absolute misery and a wasted trade. Uh, we warned you last year and a lot of people jumped on him because he was a bit of a bargain. Uh, put in a couple of good scores and then got injured, came back, injured again. Um, so, yeah, for me, just just bypass him, I think. Save yeah, yourself a, the, uh, the trouble. He's a hard one to read, I feel. Um, last year's scores... He scored a 153, also had the injury effect at 18, and his next lowest score was a 70. So he does have the ability to score quite well. So I can see why people attempted. I I personally think, like I think because trades are so scarce, I think it's not worth the risk so early on with him. You're going to have to keep a trade up your sleeve knowing that he's probably going to break down at some stage. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, the Clarko factor, what does that do to his uh, role? It's not worth the risk in my opinion. Um, next yeah. up, let's move on. Let's just let's get into it. it. Yeah. Next up, uh, <laughs> we've got from my mob, my boy. Ooh. Love him. Mason Redmond, Red Dog. Um, oh, the Red Dog. And uh, I really, I really wanted to pick him. I really want him in my side. I just can't do it. Um, 510.9K, um, I don't think, I don't think it's massive value at his price. Um, he does have the ability to score really quite well. And we saw last year when he was left absolutely unattended by North Melbourne, he scored a 176, um, a 152 against the Suns, a 144 against St Kilda, um, and then a bit of a drop off to 113 against Richmond. We saw some really big scores and I think, he has that big upside, but I don't know if he does it consistently enough. In the same period, his lowest score was a 47. His next lowest was a 49, which was injury affected. And the next one was a 55. So I think there is the risk that he kind of gets tagged um, and made yeah. display a bit more accountably. There's obviously also the risk of Brad Scott coming in and changing up the roles a little bit. I don't think we have too many players that would play his role. Um, he's a sort of slightly taller small forward I want to uh, sorry small defender I want to say um probably more of a medium defender but sort of that rebounding medium defender he has that different role to Ridley that I think we did see um he's more that rebounding defender Ridley's more yeah. a, well we saw him play as a tall lockdown as the team was required rather than as an interceptor which I think is really what Ridley should be playing um the kickouts are probably the most interesting difference Ridley and Redmond are both really great kicks depending on how Brad Scott wants to play it I would, if I was coach, if I was coach, uh, I would have Redmond taking kick-ins. I think he's more aggressive with his kick, and I think it, it sets sets the game up a bit better, whereas Ridley's a really good kick, but I think he plays it a bit too safe. So 
that's beside the point. Um, but <laughs> I reckon you're auditioning for a, an assistant coaching role. Yeah, no, can you give me a can you give me a job here? Uh, yeah. Anyway, but the point my point is more so I think it, it'll come down to that. There's those two sort of schools of thought there about the kickouts, um, and they were battling yep. it out last year for who sort of took that lion's share, as we like to say. I think he's a bit of a nice pod in terms of the verdict here, and he's shown some good scoring ability. But I think at this price point, there's better options. We'll chat about probably two of them after this, but I really want Redmond to do well. I really yeah. want to have to pick him um, later in the season. Yeah, yeah. when you're reading out those those big ceiling type scores, yeah. it reminded me of, uh, you know, obviously with the height um, intercepting role of like a Tom Stewart clone. Yeah. So like imagine if he can step into that role on a consistent basis and be as um, impactful as him from week to week. Like, yeah, he, he picks himself if that's the case. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a bit of a uh, bit of room for improvement there if if that does happen. So, yeah, he's he's one to watch. Uh, I think nonetheless, and I, I can see him potentially sliding into your team, Liam. I would I would love to live vicariously through if you do select him. So, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll watch this yeah, space. Hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, and it is Hayden Young. The uh, well, aptly named Young, who is a bit of a, a nice little young gun youngster at Frio, is priced at five hundred eight point two k. At that price point, no real value uh, compared to to last year, um, especially. But uh, the upside could potentially be there. Is buy he does have the first buy, unfortunately, round twelve. Uh, and yes, the upside in terms of that um, could he potentially take his game to another level. He did increase his 2021 average from 76.9 to 92.3 last year. Uh, but, you know, he only eclipsed the ton in six of 20 games, which does turn me away from punting on him uh, because I did like like him last year um, and I was thinking about starting him. But uh, mm. I think he did have a couple of niggles potentially in the preseason, which turned me off. But um, if he can elevate his ceiling, he could be a nice shrewd selection. Um does come with a bit of a risk of him um, hovering around that same average of 92.3 if he does have a bit of a, I think it's his third season, third year blues. But I mean, Frio should potentially be around at the same mark or if not improve. So hopefully he improves with them if you do select him. Um, But he does have that limited ceiling, which again does turn me away. But the big reward could be big um, if it pays off. He's just... um, I guess the main reason is, you know, it could be a big pod because he's going to be shadowed, no doubt, by the next player that we're about to discuss at yeah. a uh, very similar price point. And that's probably a good segue um, for you, Liam. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like Young. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to pick him, but I don't think, again, he's got enough form uh, behind him to back him over some of the other players that we've discussed. Um, and as you said, Nick Dacos, 502.5K. Yes. Uh, Second-year player. It's very rare that I think you pick a second-year player um, who's mm. played that full season. In terms of value, I mean, he's such a hard one to peg, I reckon. If viewed in terms of his huge upside, his price could be unders, believe it or not. But uh, yeah. probably probably it's a tough it's, – it's, it's honestly a really tough one. Again, I'm just going to try and get his numbers up while I – Talk about him a bit more. Uh, but he has that round 14 buy, which is uh, the third one. So uh, does offer some, I guess, cover a little bit for the early buys. Um, and we know that he obviously dominated as a as a junior, as a pure mid. Um, and we did see flashes of that brilliance. 
but more so played off the half-back line in his first season at the Pies. If he does move into the engine room on a more permanent basis, like many would expect him to, um, the sky is the absolute limit for Nick Dacos and his scoring. I mean, let's just... He scores in 2022, so his ceiling scores. He had one, two, three, four scores above 125. He had a 163, a 143, a 129, a 125, and sort of towards uh, a little bit towards the end of the season. Yeah. The only concern I do have is uh, he did have some lower scores as well. So are we paying up for him? I do have him in my side currently because I do think there's mm. a good level of upside to him. I think an extra year and uh, – sorry, another year um, in his early career gives him um, a bit more confidence. and I think he might get a bit more of those – that, that opportunity to play through the midfield. Uh, in terms of the verdict, he does lose his DPP, but uh, that could quickly be reinstated if he does get more mid-time. And there really hasn't been a more dominant first year since uh, your boy in Walsh. And if he is any, and if that's anything to go by, uh, when he did manage to lift his average from 86.9 to 101 in his second season, then watch out. Uh, I'd want to watch his role over the preseason um, at 502.5K. He's sort of, a little bit awkwardly priced, not awkwardly priced, but um, you're going to have to make sure you have some cash so you can up him if if you do have him in your side or look to downgrade him to potentially the next guy on this list. Yes. And uh, before we delve into that, it's just, it's so funny, a second year player being priced at over 500K. Yeah. Like I can't remember the last time, potentially maybe Barlow, um, but uh, I don't think because Barlow was taken out of what was it, Coburg or Werribee, one of those. Um, yeah. teams in the VFL. So it wasn't a traditional draftee, like a young draftee coming through the system yeah. like Dacos. Um, so to be priced at that price point in his second year is just astounding. Yeah. Um, and like prior to Walsh, I guess the next best player was probably um, the pig, uh, Clary. Uh, his first year, he averaged 70.3. And then in his second year in 2017, he jumped up to 111.5. Yeah, um, so could we see a similar sort of jump with Dacos, maybe not to that, but who knows? Could be to that level, but well, Dacos's you know, if- average in uh, twenty twenty two was ninety one point three. So yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not uh, unachievable. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, I'm I'm very much the same. He's he's in my side as well. Um, on that potential alone, like he's he's almost even though he's a midfielder and you know everyone says they're a dime a dozen. He's a once in a generation type player. Um, he's got it all. Um, like we saw, he can play off the half back. He's got composure. He's got skill. Yeah, he's he's something special. Um, so, you know, if you don't start with him and you've obviously spent that cash elsewhere, you're going to have to scramble to trade get out someone else of yeah. equivalent value to try and get him in. Um, but again, he's at that awkward price point. So there probably is, I can see reason as to why you would look elsewhere. Um, and looking elsewhere, there is another player similarly priced with, um, equally as good upside, I reckon. Um, and it is Harry Himmelberg priced at 499k on the dot. Uh, he's got huge value as, uh, we only really need to pay attention to his scores post round nine when he was shifted into that defensive intercept role where his true average off the back of that is 118.6 over that stretch compared to the full season average, which is 90.6 years priced at. So that's a, what's that? 28 on the dot average differential Yeah, over that stretch compared to like, obviously the full season average accounts for when he was playing at forward. Um, so it is a little bit of a, um, bit of a diamond in the rough there, I think. 
um, out of anyone uh, that I've sort of had a look at and, and delved into the stats for. Yes, there he is. My diamond in the rough. That's him? That's a car we've been waiting for! So I'm looking very, very closely at him, but yeah, it may come down to potentially Dakes or Himmelberg. Um, in terms of the buy, he does have the round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. The main query for him is he's got a new coach in Kingsley. So again, the role will it stay the same under a new coach. Um, but why would you change something that was successful over the course of 2022? Yeah. Um, so you'd think it should stay the same unless he becomes more of a swing man. He was at times during the year which frustratingly uh, lowered his ceiling at times. Um, when I had him in my team, you did yeah. as well, Liam. But yeah, you would think that the inclusion of the highly touted key forward in Cadman should potentially shore up that mm. defensive role heading into and solidify that defensive role heading into 2023. Um, so that's the one thing that he has going for him in terms of his security in that same role. And yeah, for the verdict wise, um, he probably could be viewed as some of the best value available in defense uh, off the back of that, um, you know, that average in that little snapshot yeah. there where he is playing purely as that intercept defender. Only query is if he maintains, yes, that same role, like I mentioned, but watch across the preseason for any changes in role. Um, otherwise, if it is the same, I'd be very tempted to almost lock and load. Um, he comes in at a massive discount because at 118, actually, I might throw it to you, Liam. I'll just pull up my little spreadsheet here. Um, but yeah, is there anything different that you wanted to add? No, I think he has that forward and defensive eligibility, which is also super helpful, um, potentially meaning that you could throw him forward later in the season if he uh, if, if you do decide to pick him um, and you can then pick up another defender a bit later because forwards are often a little yeah. bit harder to, 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 to pick. I think, yeah, looking at his scores after round nine, uh, his lowest was a 74 against Sydney, um, which I'm pretty sure was one of the games where he was thrown forward. Next lowest was an 80, which was the first week in defense. Um, and the next one was an 84 in the round uh, 23 against Fremantle. So, yeah, I think that speaks to it, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, some massive scores in there, 187 against North, 126 against uh, Brisbane, 114 against Collingwood. Um, has the ability to score really, really well. Yep. And just just quickly, I'll uh, just play up the little spready I've got here. Let's spread the spready. And it has said that at, if he is, if he was priced at his, you know, I guess I'm going to call it the true average yep. uh, of 118.6, he would be the highest priced defender in the game at the moment uh, because Jack Sinclair, who's priced, top priced at 626.2, uh, average 113.7. So he would be priced around about that maybe 660, yeah, 650 huge. mark if he was priced there. So with that in mind, he's uh, almost 150K below what he should be priced at. Um, so something to keep in mind. Yep, exactly. Now uh, let's move on to the mid prices. Uh, and first up, we've got Elliot Yo, 337K uh, from from West Coast, uh, has the round 14 buy, just the third buy. Uh, and in terms of value, he comes in at a bit of a discount, obviously due to his injuries. Uh, huge upside as a playing cash cow or stepping stone, though, um, is... I want to say slightly awkwardly priced um, at 337K. So not one that I'm personally considering, but is probably, it's a true mid-pricer there yeah. uh, at that price. 
Uh, in terms of queries and upside, he has suffered uh, from osteitis pubis, limiting him to just the five games in 2022 for an average of just 68, which included three injury-affected games. Uh, if you do discount those games, though, he did score 61, 88, and 102 for a true average of uh, 83.66. Um, yeah, in terms of the verdict, if he is declared fit with a full preseason, ah. Uh, He'd probably he would be hard to resist uh, given his historical average when at full flight. He you'd, you'd expect him to be guaranteed best twenty two, but his huge risk reward given his last three seasons, read five, twelve, and ten games played. I mean, all right, he scores hundred if he makes one hundred fifty k. Um, he comes in at about four what four eighty four ninety. Yep, sort of almost. I suppose you could still. Push. He's not really a keeper at that price. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we still I I I'd say it's possible. You're not picking you as a keeper at that price, so it's okay. Yeah. Just trying yeah, to do the maths a- in my head. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um yeah, huge risk reward, like you said. Yeah. It's like, you know, given that he's injury affected seasons over the past three years, um, doesn't really fill me with confidence. He actually I did select him initially, then I saw that read into his uh stats a little bit closer and I was like, nah. That's kind of turned me off, and he is. If he was under the three hundred k mark, I would would be very yeah. very tempted. Yeah, but yeah, that forty k buffer is almost yeah is that awkward price as you mentioned. So for me, um, I will be bypassing him because there is another guy who comes in at mm. exactly uh, almost exactly sixty k cheaper, which we'll uh, exactly. jump into very shortly. That takes his place in my side. Uh, let's move into the next player, and it is Hunter, Hunter Clark. Priced at 315.2K, no real value there. Um, For him, it's just, you know, risk versus reward. Uh, Buy, he's got the round 12 buy, which is, of course, the awkward first one. Um, And he has been riddled with injury, which delayed his start to the season and limited him to eight games last season for an average of 57.3. Did show glimpses of a sizable ceiling at times in 2021 with four of his 13 games, 100 plus. Uh, point games with small stints in the middle, which was, yep. uh, you know, pair those two together and it, it looks like it's a little bit of uh, something to go on. Um, but has long been mute, muted to eventually move into the midfield full-time and North Melbourne actually did chase him uh, rather hard during the trade period for a reason. So you'd assume that he's fit, would have passed a fitness test uh, with them uh, in order for them to, I think it went down to the wire eventually the last uh, last day of the trade period but yeah. the Saints wanted to keep him so surely they have earmarked a decent role for him um, and could 2023 be the year um, who knows like I think the for, for me the upside is there but again mm. injury history um, he does sit at that awkward price very much like Elliot Yo, for that range of, of the risk that he does present yeah so likewise that with the uncertainty with his role you know that's just another reason to sit back and uh, I just prefer to watch this space He's one of those players that I think we always talk about in some some form. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not not on board, to be perfectly honest. Uh, moving on uh, to the, the player you, you discussed earlier, uh, you, you alluded to earlier, and that is Jake, sorry, Jack Bowes, um, 277.5K, uh, obviously moved from the Suns down to Geelong um, in, a, in an interesting trade. Uh, yeah. But uh, in terms of value, I mean, he was real value. You, yeah, into that trade too. <laughs> but anyway, let's <laughs> let's move on. Uh, 
He started 2022 priced at 450.9K. So he's a massive bargain to the tune of 173K in a discount. But will he play? I mean, you'd expect him to considering... you'd expect him to considering mm. he was uh, courted by Geelong so hard during the course of the season. It has that round 13 buy, which is nice. Uh, obviously is rated by the cats, but the question is always going to remain, is he merely depth or is he, mm. is he going to get that role? Who does he push out, push out of the best 22 of the premiership side? Realistically, what, what about his role? Um, he did pro- want to carve out a mid spot despite being pigeonholed into defence uh, or as a defender by Jew at the Suns. <sighs> Just big questions there. If he can snag and maintain a spot in the best 22, I think it could be a really big bargain at that price. Um, mm-hmm. Average 82.8 and 84 in 21 and 22. Um, so big watch over the preseason and make sure he's got that role. He is sitting in my side currently, which is a little f- tough to swallow because it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to move him up if I need to. Um, so it's, it's a big structural, yeah, it's a big structural kind of hole if he isn't in Geelong's side, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's almost like a, I can't recall what Will Brody was priced at, but I assume he was, it was about, about this. Yeah, it was about similar. this off memory. So super awkward. Like I went, I think the one saving grace was I went, started McGovern thinking he was going to have a breakout. Then he got, he had a couple of crap ones, got injured, traded him down. To Will Brody. So if you're trading down to a target, like almost you need to like pick Jack yeah. Bowes with another player in mind that's that's sort of next tier down. So you're not having to find cash to trade up, especially yep. if you're going to the season with no cash in the bank, it makes it awfully hard, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think at that price, you are really going to be limited in what you can do if you need yep. to move him on. But uh, there are, there are, however, there, there are a few yeah. bargains that could be, yeah, they could be had. Um, so Let's move into a bit of a segue there in terms of going into the rookies uh, because there are a few mature ages here that are coming back from injury, coming back from not taking their, their vaccine shot, so on and so forth. Um, so let's start off with that, uh, that, that <coughs> reference right there. And it is Liam Jones priced at 228K. I'm a little bit annoyed as a Carlton supporter, obviously, because he just shut over his reputation at the club and had to move back to his old club uh, in the Bulldogs. So... In terms of value, I mean, he is okay value. I mean, if you want to look yeah. at that, but uh, very low upside. Um, we do know he's, he's an intercept defender, but not of the kind like a Tom Stewart um, or even like a Mason Redmond. Like he doesn't do it consistently enough um, or with a high ceiling. Um, he does have the round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. Yeah. And he averaged 69.1, 72.1 and 66.1 across the three seasons prior to 2022. He's obviously been out of the game for 12 months. The main query is, can he recapture his top form? Um, how's his fitness being out of the game? I don't think he was allowed to play at any level. I think uh, I think there was maybe a ban that was lifted at one stage. Um, yeah. But I think because he didn't have the vaccination, he wasn't allowed. So, yeah, I mean, you almost need to look at his preseason as like he's returning from like being off his feet, like an ACL injury type thing. Um, yeah. So will he, will, be, will he be able to regain the full fitness um, and then another query like, how's he going to gel and fit in the dog's lineup? So, yeah, those are sort of the main queries. Presents, yes, as an okay cash cow, um, but higher-end cash cow. And at that price point, I think you really want someone 
with a that flushes a bit more of a ceiling, um, can make you cash quicker. I think he might be a bit of a slow burn. Will no yeah. doubt make you cash. Um, but yeah, he's going to score what you expect from a key defender. He's intercept marking. He's probably the main source of scoring. But high scoring fluctuations makes him less reliant as an on for on field scorer, especially as well. Yep. Not a fan, to be honest. Um, no. I think at his age is 31, yeah. the year off is going to be harder for him. Um, mm. I look back Good to, point. and obviously this is different. Uh, each player is obviously different, but I look back to like when the Essendon players had the year off um, with the suspension, uh, some of those ones that were that 30, 31, 32, they mm. really struggled to come back. I think the year off didn't really help them as much as as some would have thought. So I, I do question how he's going to go. Um you assume he would be, he would fit in the dogs lineup. They have been sort of wanting sort of a key defender, um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm probably looking elsewhere to be honest. Moving on to uh, Hayden Crozier, 218k. He starts the huge starts the year at a huge discount compared to his 2022 starting price of 379.4k. Obviously due to injury, uh, has some nice scoring and cash generation upside as well. Uh, has that round 12 buy, which is the first one. Uh, and in terms of queries and upside, I guess injury restricted him to five games in 2022 and has only played a further 10 and 14 in the two seasons prior to that. So the real question is always going to be about how his durability is um, and how how he can cement a spot in, in the side. That's going to be the big question marks for him. I'd definitely watch him over the preseason. Uh, he did average 65.1 across his last three seasons, 49.6, 69.7, 76.1. So he can score, but what is his role? Is it forward? Is it defender? There's a lot of questions. Yeah. There's probably some others that I'd look at at that cheaper than him that I'd probably consider first, but he, depending on his role, um, he could be one that you could look to downgrade from, from a Jake Bowers potentially, but you'd really need to know what his what his role is and and how cemented he is in the twenty uh, best twenty two. Yeah, for me he's uh he was fleetingly in my side when I was first constructing it, but yeah, there's that question over his role. Um don't know how he's going to play. I mean we've already got Bradley if he's playing in defense Bradley Dale down there who we spoke of with reference to uh the helmet um the little midget in defense there. Uh, as well, um, stealing points of each other and, and kickings and whatnot. So I don't know. And if he's played up forward, uh, he's just not an attractive option at all. Um, so for me at this stage, I'll be looking elsewhere for sure. Uh, moving on to Nick Caulfield. Uh, he's priced at 208.8K. He is good value and does have nice upside as a cash cow considering he did average 63.2 and 79.4 in both 21 and uh, 2020. Uh, he does have the round 12 by, which is first up. Uh, again, a little bit awkward. Uh, but like his teammate Hunter Clark, he's another touted to eventually step into the engine room over time. And like Clark, durability has been his main stumbling block with injury wiping out his entire 2022. He's been super unlucky. I think there was a couple of um, issues there where he copped a knee to the head and stuff. Mm. And yeah, poor bloke. Verdict, I think, yeah, if, if fully fit, he's no doubt he's going to play 22 games, much like Hunter Clark. Uh, so job, job security is sound. But, yeah, durability is the big issue. And for me, um, just want to see his role under Ross Lyon. Uh, I don't know where he fits into his game plan. Big watch over the preseason because he is someone at that price point that probably attracts me the most out of anyone that we've spoken about around about this range. Um, but there's a few question marks to be answered still. Yeah. 
definitely it's hard to to know with with obviously with Ross Lyons. So probably a watch watch and see at that elevated price. You are getting some job security, which is nice. Yeah, it's hard hard one hard one to to, to pick. Um, hopefully, you can look into him and hopefully presents as a nice option. But at a bit of a cheaper price there uh, at. 192.7k and as a defense and midfield option we do have josh gota from north melbourne uh good value and nice upside uh here i think uh obviously the queries would be new coach uh with clarko coming in um where does he fit into the plans is he in the best 22 uh darcy tucker and griffin Logue also were brought into the team so there would be competition for spots and look i've read a little bit from north training and they do reckon he is um, impressing in the preseason so far. Um, he's really put on some good size. Uh, and they reckon he'll play a wing sort of halfback role alongside the likes of Perez. Um, it, yeah, they're still there. North supporters are still questioning whether he would be West 22. Um, and it really depends on what Clarko would would see and um, what his plan is. So uh, we'll have to look at the preseason uh, games to see whether he does cement a spot there. Um, but he did play well in his one senior outing in 2022 with a score of 70 in round 23. If he can break into the Ruse best 22, he could be a very nice cash cow and that bonus DPP. So definitely watch and see with him. Yep. Like it. Yeah. He's a, he's a little bit of a smoky there and especially in the VFL on the back sort of month, a uh, month and a half of the season mm. in terms of these are just fantasy points, but it uh, gives you a bit of perspective because it would correlate with super coach to some extent. Uh, but he scored 83, 96, 81, 61, dropped down to a 34, but then back up to a 92 and a 78. So he did get a little bit of nice form there going in the VFL in the yeah. back part. So, yeah, if you can um, cement a best 22 spot, he is a must-get, I think, potentially at that price. But another guy who is a must-get um, because he comes with a bit of experience and he's playing for a different team uh, this time around, and it is Conor McKenna, the Irishman. He's back. Uh, this time for the Lions, and he's priced at 167.5K. Uh, it speaks for itself, high value, high upside. We know what he brought to the table when he was playing for your mob, uh, Liam, mm. at the Dons. Uh, good rebound defender. Yeah. Uh, fills, you'd think, a need to some extent at the Lions, but there is a little bit of competition there with the emergence of uh, Coleman, uh, Kitty Coleman. Um, and then you've still got Dan Rich down there, who is has a few durability issues and stuff there. So I'd like to see how McKenna is going to fit into the side, uh, who yeah. he pushes out, or if he's going to have a bit of a, a different role compared to what he had at the Dons. Like, I don't know, you might be able to speak more to this, but could he potentially push more up towards the wing um, as opposed to being marooned at the halfback line? But yeah, he's uh, in terms of, you know, his time at the Dons, when he finished up back in 2020, uh, he did average 60.8, 79.8, and a 74.3 across the three seasons or his yeah. last three years there. So, yeah, it makes me wonder. You know, he was part of a, a two-pronged attack at the Dons back in the day. Um, yeah, given the fact that he was courted by a number of clubs, uh, yeah. apart from the Lions, says to me that they have guaranteed a role to him to some extent, um, unless they've just flashed the cash and, and, and said, yeah, come to us. Um, and there's a lure there of obviously winning a flag because they are pretty strong going into this season. Um, so it does suggest a best 22 role there. I uh, did play some Gaelic back home in Ireland. So fitness levels probably shouldn't be much of a query. Uh, we'll get in a full preseason reportedly. And for me, yeah, he's a monitor over the preseason uh, just in terms of the role. But other yeah. than that, lock and load. Yeah, interesting one. I was a bit surprised that he picked the Lions just based off the halfback role. He did always apparently want to play as a forward. 
Um, mm, okay. Uh, so I don't know. I can't even see him playing as a forward, to be honest. <laughs> um, mm. The wing role, I think, could suit him um, with, with his skills um, or his skill set, the speed and sort of his um, his kicking uh, penetration. I don't – I'd want to see the role. Um, yep. I'd want to see the role, but I do. I do think if as long as he's as long as he's playing, I think he's a lock and load at that price because he's a yeah ready made player who should should have um, no concerns over scoring. Uh, in terms of next player, yeah, teammate Darcy Wilmot, one twenty three point nine k value is huge, upside is huge. Starts cheaper than his twenty twenty two starting price of one hundred thirty nine point eight k, despite the fact that he actually played last season. Yeah, obviously not in the season proper, but uh, yeah, it did make his debut in the finals for the Lions, obviously, and impressed so much that he maintained his spot with scores of fifty two, sixty one, and seventy three. Obviously, those scores didn't affect his price, which is what we like to see. Yeah. Uh, main query is whether he can maintain a spot in the Lions' best twenty two. But given he did carve out a position for himself during probably the most important part of the season, speaks volumes. So I mm. would be shocked if he didn't uh, wasn't wasn't named in the uh, twenty two uh, come round one. Um, has the first buy in round twelve, and in terms of the verdict, he should be one of your first rookies picked across any line. There's low cost, uh, no risk, high reward. I would lock and load, um, assuming he gets named for round one. Yep, done and dusted. Lock and load and throw away the key, 100%. Uh, Another guy who is a lock and load, um, who would have played quite a few games for West Coast, is Campbell Chesser. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Chesser, Cheeser. Who knows? Uh, But he is priced the same as Wilmot uh, at 123.9K and uh, comes with a little bit of a sneaky DPP option as well, which is is a bonus. Um, He is huge value, huge upside. Uh, Like I mentioned, he was on the cusp of a debut in round one last season before injury derailed his entire year. Uh, Should be best 22 if fit and comes with huge wraps. Probably up there with Wilmot in terms of lock and load rookies. Uh, like I mentioned, the DPP is an absolute bonus. Uh, monitor across the preseason for role and for scoring output. But other than that, uh, have him on your bench um, because he could even potentially be an on-field rookie um, and he should skyrocket in price. Yeah, nice one. Uh, another option uh, at the Suns is Charlie Constable, another player that I feel like we spoke about every every year. Uh, 123.9K, defensive and mid-eligible, which is nice to see. He's high value, huge upside, but obviously... The question is, will he play? Uh, He only played the one game and as a sub in 2022, um, had injury issues at times, but was an absolute stats pig at VFL level. As we all know, he was at Geelong as well. Uh, Upside for him is obviously big. As we saw his points per minute were through the roof in the senior games he got at the Cats. So hopefully, hopefully he, yeah, just gets to play. That's what Mm. we need. 123.9K would be absolutely incredible to have him as a uh, rookie for us. Uh, Obviously, monitor him across the preseason, but he would be a top rookie and cash cow option if he can break into the best 22 and maintain his role. Yep. Yeah, it comes with that juicy DPP as well as defender, midfielder. Um, So, yeah, lock and load if he does get games. Uh, The other guy who is similar sort of vein to uh, to Campbell Chesser, as well, uh, that would have played quite a few games early on, 
uh, due to just other injuries in defence for the uh, for the Pies is Charlie Dean uh, priced again at 123.9 and he comes in at high value and a quite nice upside um, for you know a defensive tall. Yeah, was in line to play early games due to injuries again, like I mentioned um, at the Pies until he himself sustained an injury. Uh, and was ruled out for the entirety of 2022. I think it was a uh, foot injury, an ankle injury or something mm. of that nature. Uh, so does he figure in the Pies best 22 at full strength is probably the main query heading into 2023. Uh, could be nice value if he does play early on, but again, as a key uh, position defender, his scoring will fluctuate wildly with a very low ceiling, you'd think so. Cash generation will be slow and, of course, capped. So um, keep an eye on him anyway uh, over the course of the preseason. Yeah, it could be a nice rookie for the bench, uh, bench rookie. Mm. Um, they're just going to, you know, slow, as you said, uh, slow burn. But, yeah, I think he was – wasn't he 102K uh, last yeah, year? he was. So I think that was why we were all a bit more tempted by him. But 123.9, you're mm. a little less excited by him. Um, not that he's a key PD. Uh, sorry, a key, posi- a key position defender. Uh, but now, I feel like it's not preseason rookie talk if we don't talk about this mm. guy. And yeah. it is Will Gould. Uh, <laughs> Who? From, is, is he I swear he does not exist. One twenty three point nine k. As always, can we just? They should discount him seriously. They should yeah. be one hundred two. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it like little pop ups and stuff. I'm going to put a little pop up here. If you know uh, Homer Simpson when he was when he was Mister X putting like yeah, the yeah. Uh, the hood on his head, that's him because no one knows who he is if he exists. <laughs> We just know that apparently he wears a Swans jumper, but he hasn't seen your level, not yet, despite being in the game for how many years? He's, he's almost I swear he is, otherworldly. He's just another being, extraterrestrial. Yeah. I swear, he's been around for like 10 years. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> he's Give like an ongoing game. gag. Like, yeah. the Swans don't want to delist him because he's just an ongoing joke. Poor dude. <laughs> <sighs> well, value, question mark. Upside, question mark. We don't know. Uh, Exi- I, existence, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, I always have him in my side. It's not a preseason without without Will Gould in your side. Exactly. Um, queries and upside. He is the absolute yeti of Supercoach. No one can verify <laughs> if he actually exists. Can he finally make his debut? debut? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a must watch, a must watch just to see that he exists. Um, <laughs> first and foremost. And then if he, if he is, if he is named, if people don't bring him in, I'm going to be really annoyed. He deserves yeah. it. We should all get around him. <laughs> <laughs> get around him. Everyone get around him and make him the most picked player in Supercoach. Just like, yeah. just keep the gag going. You know, yeah. like back in the day, like there's an ongoing gag about Ralton Roberts. Like, oh yeah. Why don't you yeah, pick yeah, Ralton yeah. Roberts? Why don't you pick Will Gould? Like, what a gag that would be. So don't worry about bloody Wardlaw or anyone no, else that you're going to no, be going, no, or no. Nick Dacos or anyone else. Let's be honest. Everyone get around my him. first picked. First yeah, picked every year. Absolutely. Oh. At that price point. Actually, if his price wasn't capped, you'd think he'd probably be below 100K at this stage. Like, it'd just keep going Surely. down if it could. It Surely. should be 102. Like just, he should be 102 nice. at this stage. Yeah, jeez. Anyway. I reckon. I reckon we're both more chance of getting games for the Swans than <laughs> and we're not even on their list. Uh, let's do that. Oh, let's, well. let's make it an, make it an aim of uh, nominating for the uh, mid season rookie draft, and we'll get drafted we'll and get, we'll get yeah. selected <laughs> just to rub it into the poor bloke. Poor guy. <laughs> Imagine that. Poor guy. Oh, uh, well. classic. Oh uh, well. We'll uh, yeah. Wait and see for him. <laughs> That's all you yeah. can say. 
That's all you can uh, say. But that does round us out for another huge episode and uh, hopefully goes without saying it's helped you better build your team in the mm. early days. Another big episode, but thanks again for sticking around with us and for tuning in. But on to our next episode, Liam, just forecasting ahead. What do we have on the horizon for yeah. the next preseason analysis episode? Next up, I think it'll be the most interesting weeks. Uh, it'll be probably a shorter episode just by virtue of the fact that it's the, the least populated. The least players. Yeah, less least yep. populated. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the rucks here. But I think it'll be the most interesting one because we haven't got the set and forgets. Yeah, exactly right. Previous years, it's been like, yeah, it's just Gaundy or it's mm. Gaundy. Like virtually, it's just like it's those two lock and load, whereas now it's almost a good thing because it's it's thrown a spanner in the works there. There's an extra bit of strategy. People actually have to do a bit of homework as to who they select in the rucks. Yeah. So hopefully that's where we come in. Um, and, yeah, we can run through and cover possible combinations that uh, you could take, uh, strategies around, you know, potentially forward ruck swings and the like yeah. um, because there are a couple of options there to explore potentially. As always, if you're keen to join the discussion, we encourage you to do so by commenting uh, below this video if you're watching us on YouTube. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We are, I, I did put in the description for our first couple of uh, episodes, the two-parter for the midfield discussion. Uh, we are looking to up our subscription to, we're hoping, hoping to get to 500 subs Oof. come the start of the season proper. Uh, it's a lofty expectations, no doubt, but like to like to set the bar high so we do um we're making a call out if you can help us there uh just subscribe down to sorry this will be that stupid person pointing to the bottom corner and it's probably the opposite to what i'm actually pointing at uh but there is a little button there push that and you can subscribe and there's a benefit as well you get notifications which you can activate which will uh, alert you when we put up podcasts and different episodes and bonus episodes and all that sort of stuff throughout the season um or alternatively you can uh, shoot us your comments and questions across our social channels. So, Liam, I'll throw it your way. Yep. On Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge, David at, at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and on Facebook and Instagram, if you search supercoach edge and TikTok as well, actually. Uh, yes. So, if you search supercoach edge, you will find us there. Well, that's it. That's another action-packed episode and, uh, yeah, very, very juicy, very meaty. There's juicy, a, lot of meat, yeah. a lot of meat in the bone, uh, as the saying goes, with these mm. past couple of episodes. So uh, apologies for the length because we do understand that uh, your time is money, um, <laughs> but as is ours as well, and we just, we're just nuffies and we enjoy it as much as you do out there. Uh, so look out for the next episode. We'll be releasing that um, next up covering the rucks. So thanks again for tuning in and returning uh, our way to catch our content. So we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 